With that being said, and we're going to get into the Word this morning, if you got your Bibles, if you would go to John chapter 15, John chapter 15, verse number 16, John 15, verse 16. And if you got it and you're ready, if you don't mind standing for the reading of God's Word. How many know our guest preacher did an awesome job last week as well for pastor appreciation? Can we give it up for him and his stewarding of God's Word last week? We are grateful for that. John chapter 15, verse number 16. This is what it says this morning. You did not choose me, but I chose you. And appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, that your fruit should abide, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, that he may give it to you. Heavenly Father, we ask this morning that you would just add your blessing to this word, that you would anoint my lips to preach, and you would anoint every ear and every heart to hear and receive today, that we may walk out if you're changed and transformed by the power of your word. In your name we pray, amen and amen. I thank God today that he chose us, amen? Because how many know that if it wouldn't have been for God chasing us down, if it wouldn't have been for God uh, coming after us uh, to seek us in our lost and dark place of our life, that we would never have come to the light, amen? And so God chose to save us. God chose to chase us down, to find us in our darkest, lowest point, and reach out and pull us out and save us from sin and from ourselves. But Jesus is giving this this command here beyond that of salvation, and he's telling his disciples, he says, I chose you not just to save you, but there is an assignment for you to accomplish in this world and in your life. And he tells them that you should go and you should bear fruit and let that fruit abide. In other words, let it be fruit that lasts in your life and is part of your life as a whole. He says this, this, is, this is something that you must do in the earth. You see, I think a lot of times we, uh, we look at Christianity and there's so many people that think it's all about just being saved and on your way to heaven. And although, yes, that is probably the most significant part of what we believe, there's also more to it. He didn't just save us for heaven, but he saved us for an assignment here on earth. Like We are to be fruitful people in the world. We are to be a people that bear the fruit of the Spirit. We are to make disciples and bear fruit of discipleship. It's This scripture here is like almost like it, it is echoing what God told Adam and Eve back in Genesis where he said, be fruitful and multiply. We know that was talking about reproduction, and this is as well. But it's talking about spiritual reproduction, that we should bear the fruits of the Spirit so that way we can produce more disciples and the fruit should abide and that way he, he tells us, uh, I believe it's in first, verse 10 of John chapter 15, that they will know that we are his disciples by the fruit that we bear. We have this assignment here on the earth to accomplish something through the bearing of fruit. Amen? Are you with me this morning? 
I think some people stayed up a little bit too late last night watching UFC and are having a hard time uh, keeping up with us this morning. I see some sleepiness out there. God has given us an assignment not just to sit in a pew in church, but to bear fruit in the world. What, what fruit are we talking about here? Uh, this is what the fruit I really want to focus on today. It's in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 through 23, and it may be very familiar to you. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These are the fruits that are supposed to be born in our life. These are the fruits that should be on the branches which are us. John chapter 15, Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. And upon those branches there should be some fruit. And this is the fruit he's talking about. We should be producing love. We should be producing peace and patience and kindness. And all of these things should be coming out of us in our life. But the problem we have is that many times this fruit is not there to be found when Jesus comes looking. Sometimes we allow circumstances of life to cut the fruit off from growing in us. All of our callings are different, but the responsibility of producing spiritual fruit is the same. So no matter what your circumstance may be, what your calling may be, the spiritual fruit should be found in all of it. Mark chapter 11, we find... uh, and starting in verse 12, it says this, that on the following day when they came from Bethany, he was hungry. And seeing in the distance a fig tree in leaf, he went to see if he could find anything on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. And he said to it, may no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples heard it. This is one of those stories that if you read it, you're kind of like, what, what in the world were you trying to prove, Jesus, by cursing a tree? And we even read that it wasn't even the season for it to produce figs. Like, you, it wasn't the season for figs, but you still expected figs to be on this tree. Well, the problem was is, like the scripture says, he saw the fig tree in the distance, and because it was in leaf, because leaves were on the tree, that was a pretty good indication that there should have been figs on the tree. Because when they're in season, the leaves precede the figs, and so when there's leaves on there, it's a pretty good bet that you can find some fruit on there. In other words, it gave the appearance of having life. It gave the outward appearance and the drawing to say, hey, look, there's some life in this tree, and therefore Jesus said, I'm going to go check this thing out because from here it looks like there should be some fruit on that tree. But after closer examination, Jesus came to realize this tree was having some false advertisement. And Jesus cursed this tree Not because he thought it would be fun, not because he was really angry, but because he wanted to make a point. He was making a point that we should not just merely give the appearance of being full of spiritual life, but there should actually be fruit growing when we have spiritual life. 
excuse me. He comes to this tree that should have, based on its appearance, had some fruit on it. And he's talking to some people, some religious people, who dress the part, who walk the walk, and try to talk the talk, and they know how to the all the Christianese phrases, they know when the right time to say amen is. They understand that when there's a potluck, what they got to bring to the potluck. They understand all of these things. They know how to shout. They know how to run the aisles. They know how to sing the songs. They know the hymn book from, the cover, from cover to cover. They've even read the Bible themselves. But the reality of it is, is they have all the things that look right, but when you get close to it, the fruit is missing. Jesus is talking to some religious people with this Scripture, and He's saying, listen, just because you look good doesn't mean you are good. Just because you show up to church on a Sunday doesn't mean you bear the fruit of the Spirit. Just because you read the Bible doesn't mean the Bible has read you and changed you to produce the fruit that we are supposed to produce. It is possible to read the Bible and not be transformed by it. That might mess up some theologies here, but there are some really weird theologies out there that are totally counter to the Bible, but yet these people can take the Scriptures and quote the Scriptures and use them to support their wacky-jacky beliefs. They had to read at least some of it, and apparently it wasn't enough to transform them into seeing the truth of God's Word, but rather they saw it in the, through the lens of lies and used it to twist and corrupt and to lead astray many. And they have the appearance of looking good. Sin looks good even at the first appearance of it. It looks like something that would give you life, but when you look closer, it really just brings forth death. At first, it's like, well, why shouldn't I be able to do that? It doesn't hurt anybody else. It's, it's just me in my life. Why can't I do whatever I want? Because it will kill you. Maybe not physically, but it will spiritually. It will lead you down a path. There's a saying. Uh, hopefully I get it right. Sin will take you further than you want to go, keep you longer than you want to stay, and make you pay more than you want to pay. There are so many things out there that we look and as if we look at as if they are teeming with life, but if you really get close to them, there's nothing there of any benefit to anybody. There are so many people that, that have this appearance of spiritual life and spirituality, but they lack the fruit. These are the people that show up at the restaurant after church and they're cussing out the waiter and waitress. They don't tip. They're being jerks and they're sending food back left and right just so they can get a free meal. They don't have any respect for anybody in the restaurant, but yet they were just in church 20 minutes before that, praising God and singing the songs. But when they step outside of those doors, they don't have love, peace, patience, kindness, joy, any of those things. They, all they have is mean, angry, upset, and jealous, and all kinds of nastiness that comes out of them. If you go talk to waitresses and waiters and people who work at the delis, at the grocery stores, and even people that just work in grocery stores in general, a lot of them will tell you Sundays are their least favorite day because that's when the church people come in, and they are not nice. I wish I was lying. I wish I was making that up, but as somebody who has worked in retail before, 
in the break room, I would hear the people who worked at the deli say, I hate Sundays because these church people come in there and all they do is yell and scream. And I was .01 pounds off of their meat, what they wanted. I gave them not enough. It was .99 pounds instead of one pound even. And they flipped their lid. And it's crazy to me that we hear these things, but it is exactly what God is talking about in this scripture. We have the appearance of life in one aspect, but when you get closer to examine and to find some fruit on it, there is none. The appearance of life, but no fruit to be found. You see, you would think that maybe Jesus would give this tree a little bit of a break because it wasn't in season. I mean, Mark wrote, Mark's account of this story says that, well, it wasn't in season. It was bearing leaves, but it really wasn't in season. And you would think Jesus, being creator of the entire universe, would maybe kind of know that. But I've learned something studying this. I said, Lord, why? Why would you curse a tree? Okay, I get it. It, bared, it was bearing leaves, but, but why would you curse it? I mean, you knew it wasn't in season. If Mark knew when he wrote this that it wasn't in season, then surely you knew it wasn't in season. And he spoke to me and said, because, I, again, I'm trying to make a point. Yes, it's a physical tree. Yes, it is bound to produce according to the seasons. But you as a person, the person I'm trying to send a message to, does not get a break based on the season you're in. This is where it starts to hurt a little bit. Regardless of the season, we have a responsibility to bear the fruit. It got real quiet. It doesn't matter what we are walking through in life, and I I totally understand that what I'm saying is easier said than done. But... God is saying it doesn't matter what the season is for you. You have a responsibility to bear the fruit of the Spirit regardless. You see, it's easy, let me put it this way, it's really easy to express love and be a loving person when everybody loves you. But it's really difficult to express love to others when everybody hates you. And especially when the person you're trying to express love to hates you. It's really easy to be patient when you're driving down the road and there is no other cars on the freeway. But it's really hard to be patient when it's nothing but cars and nobody's moving. And you got places to be. I might just be preaching that one to myself this morning. It's really easy to have peace when there's no storm. It's really hard to have peace when it seems like life is nothing but a storm. It's easy to have joy when everything around you is flowers, rainbows, cupcakes, and unicorns. It's really hard to have joy when it's a dark, gloomy day in your life. I could continue to go on and on and on. It's easy to have self-control when there's nothing tempting you. It's easy to have, to have righteousness and faithfulness. It's easy to have all of these things when the circumstances are primed for it. It's easy to be faithful and show up to church and be faithful in a marriage, to be faithful in life when all, everything's wonderful and great. It's hard to be faithful when things get a little rocky in life. 
But Jesus is telling us it doesn't matter what the season is. We have a responsibility to produce the fruit. No matter the season, we must produce the fruit of the Spirit. That's, that's a hard pill to swallow this morning. Because it's easy to allow the season to dictate what grows in us. It's so easy to allow the season to show us what should be happening rather than the Word of God in truth showing us what's supposed to be happening. You're like, well, how in the world could I ever do this hard thing? Well, John chapter 15, I got some good news for you. Jesus gives some details on how this all works and how we can bear fruit in this. He says, Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you may bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. It's simple. He says, abide in me and the fruit will be there. You see, you cannot abide in your feelings and produce fruit. Your feelings will betray you. You cannot abide in the things of this world and produce fruit. You cannot abide in your circumstances and produce fruit. You cannot abide in other people and produce fruit. Now, granted, there are some great people that will help you grow your garden, but there are others who will totally kill your garden. Either way, the true fruit comes from abiding in Jesus because he is the true vine. You see, the branches of a tree will produce apples when the branches are connected to an apple tree. There's a reason why you don't find apples growing on an oak tree. There's a reason why you don't find olives growing on a grapevine. Because those branches are not connected to a vine or a tree that produces those things. And so when we get ourselves connected to everything but Jesus, we should not be surprised when all we produce is mess. Jesus even says that the branches that are not abiding in him wither up and die. They fall off. They're cut off. And they, they fall off from the tree and they just wither up and die. And the only thing they're good for is firewood. Why? Because they didn't abide in the one that gives the life. If the branch is going to be alive, it has to abide in the life-giving source. You see, it's so easy for us to place our roots in everything else. It really is. 
because everything else is usually what's right in front of you. It's easy to place your roots in the tangible thing. It's easy, let me rephrase it, it's easy to place your roots in sadness and let fruit grow from sadness when your life is full of sadness because that is the tangible thing you are faced with. That is your circumstance. It's easy to place roots in other people when other people are all around you all the time and are influencing you at every moment of every day. It's so easy to get caught up in this, but you have to understand that if you ever want peace in your life, you have to be connected to the Prince of Peace. If you ever want joy, you have to be connected to the one who fulfills all joy. If you ever want love, you have to abide in the one who is love. That's the only way these fruits will ever truly be produced. There's some counterfeits out there. There's things that people call love. There are things that people call joy. There are things that people call it. But it's like, has anybody ever uh, gone to an open house for a house that's for sale and they've got it all set up? And they've got all the decorations out. And I, I made this mistake as a kid one time. They have a fruit bowl out there. And the fruit looks really good. It looks real. Especially if you're a kid and you're kind of ignorant and you don't have the discernment to understand what's real and what's not. That was just as much spiritual as it was funny. But when you get up to the fruit and you hold it, Sometimes it even has a good texture. If they, if they really spent the money to get this house staged well, that fruit could even feel good. But when you try to take a bite out of it, and I know from experience, it does not even come close to the real thing. You will be sadly and gravely disappointed by what you just bit into. And you might even break a tooth and hurt yourself doing it. There is some counterfeit fruit that is out there. That it may look like there's some joy, it may look like there's love, that may look like there's peace and all of these things, but in reality, when you get closer, it looks like the fruit of joy, but when you bite into it, it's nothing more than more depression and, dis- and destruction in your life. There are things that look like love and we call love, but because they don't line up with the truth of what God has said is love, when you get close to it, we realize it's not love at all. It's just lust. There is counterfeit fruit out there. But the reality is, is when you further examine this fruit, you come to find out It's not the real deal. And it does not abide in the one who produces spiritual fruit. And it would be in your best interest to stop eating it and partaking of it and move away from it. Because there are things that look good from a distance. There are things that look right on the outside and in appearance. But when you get closer to it, you understand that it was not what you needed or should have had. So how do we do this abiding thing? 
verse 10. I, I had I correct myself earlier. I thought verse 10 was the one about proving to be the disciples. That was verse 8, so I apologize. Verse 10 says this, If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. In other words, I... As you have seen in my life, Jesus is saying, I'm going to give you the Brandon Scott unauthorized translation this morning. Jesus says, just like you saw me abide and obey what God commanded me as the Father commanded me to do here on this earth, and you've seen the fruit of that. You've seen people be healed. You've seen people be delivered. You've seen the love, the joy, the peace, the patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, all of those things that have come out of that. He goes, if you do that as well, you will also see those things. He's saying, if you obey, you will see the fruit. If you abide in the words of the Father, and you allow those to be the dictating part. He's, uh, Jesus said back in uh, John 15... Verse 7, it said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you. In other words, it lives on the inside of you. It is part of who you are. Then you will see a fruitful life for yourself. And the fruit will produce and it will abide no matter what the season is. Why should we want to bear fruit? I'm getting ready to close this out this morning. Why, why should we even bother? Because Jesus says in John 15, verse 2, he says, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. I mean, do you want to live a fruitful life or not? Because you see, fruitfulness leads to more fruitfulness. Jesus says, my father is the vine dresser. He's going to come through the vineyard. And anything that's not producing fruit is getting cut off. But everything that does produce fruit, I'm going to make it produce even more. I don't know about you this morning, but I want to live a life that is full of love, full of joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. I want all of that to be greatly produced in my life. Not just so others can experience it, but I want to experience it as well. It's amazing that when you produce the fruit, you get to experience the results that come with it. Will you bow your heads and close your eyes with me this morning?